0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Let's go to the Word of God this morning. If you have your Bibles, open them up with me for a few moments to Judges chapter 1. I'm going to go to several places this morning. Judges chapter 1. I'll be reading several passages there from the New Living Translation. And then I'll go to Luke chapter 10. I'll leave Luke chapter 10, and then I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 1. Amen. Judges chapter 1. I tell you what, you know, Pastor Jake mentioned it, but man, this evening, we're going to have awesome baptism services and. Tell you what, it's some of the most powerful services that we hear that we have here at the church. And I'm always encouraged if you've never been in a water baptism service, you need to be here this evening. And I'm not just saying that, but man, it's it's amazing. You know why? Because we hear the goodness of God and the love of God through so many powerful testimonies of what he's doing in the lives of people. And and um, if you've never been in one, you you should come out and, and celebrate with us what God is doing. Judges chapter one. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their, their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the, the territory allotted to us. You know, I love that right there because you know what? It, did you hear? Did you catch that? Notice what it said. It said the men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe, join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. It said that's our territory. And those jokers are trespassing and they got to get up out of my stuff. Come on. I wish we would get an attitude like that sometimes and say, you know what? That's my territory. My marriage is my territory. My family is my territory. Come on. My business is my territory. And anything that shouldn't be out there, it's got to go. Got to get a little aggressive faith sometimes. The Bible said that when, in verse 4 that when the men of Judah attacked, the Lord attacked the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bazak. While at Bazak they encountered King Adonai Bazak and fought against him. And the Canaanites and the par- Parasites, I want to say parasites so bad, parasites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Verse 7, Adonai Bezek said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem and died there. What a strange thing. Cut off his thumbs and toes. Luke chapter 10 verse 1 says, After these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place wherever he himself would come. Then down in verse 17 in Luke 10, it says, And the seventy returned, notice that seventy, with joy saying, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from the earth. And he said, "And, And behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. And he said in verse 20, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not, That the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your enemy your names are written in heaven. One more place, and then we'll we'll get into this. Revelation chapter one. It says this, verses five and six: To him who has who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him. Be glory and dominion forever and ever. And I'll stop reading there. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning. If you're taking notes on the subject or title. Satan's strategy for the saints. Satan's strategy for the saints. There's a story that I read that I want to open up with sharing to you. And it's about a man by the name of General Jonathan Wainwright. Who was the only United States general captured by the enemy during world war ii general douglas MacArthur left wainwright in charge of the corregidor philippines with orders never surrender fight to the end those was his orders from his commander but wainwright tried to obey that order but the destruction around him forced him to surrender and he became a prisoner of war in mongolia he was a he was he he was a guarded And precious price, the story said. Wainwright labored under the tremendous guilt. His body began to deteriorate. He became dependent on a cane to move around. Now during that same time that he became that prisoner of war, the story said that General MacArthur led his troops to total victory. MacArthur's troops evicted the Japanese from from the island after island. In other words, they started... They start taking taking territory and taking names at the same time. It said when this happened, watch this, prisoners were liberated all over Asia. But because Wainwright was held in Mongolia, far away from Tokyo, his camp commandant was able to keep the truth from him for a while. Wainwright continued to behave like a prisoner of war. In other words, let 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 me tell you what's going on. Wainwright was a prisoner of war. He had been moved to Mongolia away from where the territory had been taken by General MacArthur. In other words, General MacArthur had overcome the enemy, had won the battle, had obtained a victory, and were liberating the soldiers all over the island. The same battle that Wainwright was to fight in and to never give up and never surrender. Now that battle had been won just over on the other side of another city. It had already been won and already been conquered and victory had already been given. But Wainwright was over here in Mongolia ignorant to the fact that the battle had already been won. And because the battle had been won, his freedom had been granted but the commandant that was watching over Wainwright he knew that the battle had been won he knew that 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 as 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 long as he could keep Wainwright ignorant of the truth he could keep him bound and in bondage and chained as a prisoner of war Although he had been liberated and declared free because the battle over here had already been won. Here's this commanded. Shaken in his bones. Because he understood that, watch this, the only way that he was keeping this soldier bound is because he had him believing a lie. A lie that, 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 that you're still bound. A lie that you're still a prisoner of war. But in reality, he was free. And the story says this. It said, Wainwright had been liberated, but he did not know it yet. He had been ordered to take over the camp, but because he didn't know the truth, he continued to act like a prisoner. He did not know the truth about what he possessed, about what he had, about what he carried, and what he was called to. And so there's this command, watch this. And the commandant is afraid of him. He said, because if he ever finds out the truth, he will go, the, the commander, the commandant will now become captive, and the captive will become commander. In other words, the one that was held in bondage will become free and now bind the one that had them bound first. But he he was shaking in his boots. He was like, the worst thing he can do is find out who he really is. And I tell you, it's the same strategy of the enemy when it comes to believers. The enemy is scared to death that you find out who you really are in Christ Jesus he wants you to live under the lie even as a believer that you're still a prisoner of war that you're still a prisoner of sin that you're still a prisoner of bondage and yes you may be saved and you've given your heart to Jesus Christ but 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 you're still bound you still can't experience joy you still can't experience fruitful and flourishing and he says as long and the enemy's uh, 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 strategy is to do his best to keep you and i in ignorance about what god says belong to us and who we are the scripture said that I, my people perish for the lack of knowledge what you don't know will hurt you but today we come to expose the strategy of the enemy because you need to understand That you're not called to be a prisoner of war. You're not called to live beneath the blessings that God has paid the price for. And you're not called to live in a state of ignorance. The Bible said you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Not the truth will set you free. Not the truth. It says you shall know the truth. You have to know what belongs to you. And when you know what belongs to you. And you know who belongs to you. Then freedom comes to our lives as we look at this story i'm going to show you in this story what happens the bible said that god's people are progressing forward the bible said that they're taking territory joshua had died and god said we're not i know the leader has gone and passed away but he said my vision and my my, my declaration and my promise for you haven't passed away you got to keep moving forward and take the territory that i've called you to take and the Bible said that God sent Judah up before him. He sent the praisers up before him. And they began to fight and they began to battle. And the scripture said they took down 10,000 warriors in the city of Bazak. But the Bible said that King Adonai Bazak, who was king over that territory, the scripture said that he flew. But I love the, the Israelites where they said, no, 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 brother, you're not going to get away that easy. But the Bible said they chased him down and they caught him and they cut his thumbs off. And they cut his big toes off. And when they did, the scripture said, he turned and said, listen to these words. He said, there was a time where I I captured 70 kings. And I, I cut their thumbs off. And I cut their big toes off. And I chained them under my table and fed them scraps like a dog. Notice what he did cut their thumbs off, cut their big toes off, took their kingdoms and chained them under his table. I want you to see the symbolism in this. The word Adonai Bazak means Lord of lightning. Luke chapter 10 tells us that Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like lightning. Adonai Bazak represents a type of Satan in this particular text. And notice what Adonai Bezek's strategy was. He was after the kings. He wanted to take down kings. Notice he wasn't after just soldiers. He wasn't after just people, but he wanted kings. He wanted people that were made for impact. He wanted people that were made for influence. He wanted people that had authority. He wanted people that was called and chosen. He wanted people that were gifted and talent. He knew if I get the kings, I could get everything connected to the king. If I can get the king of the home, I can get the family. If I can get the king in the business, I'll get the business. If I can get those kings on that high school campus or that junior high campus, then I can get the campuses. If I can get the kings on the on the college campus if I can take them down I can take the whole campus if I can get the kings in a city I can take the city if I can get the kings that, 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 that should be rising up in places of prominence if I can pull them down and take them down not only do I take them down I take their territory well, the bible says this in revelation 1 that you and I Are kings and priests of the Most High God. Oh, I'm gonna read it to you. It says that to Him who loved us and washed us from the sins in His blood has made us kings and priests to God and Father, to to God and the Father, to Him be glory and dominion. And forever and ever. When has he made you king and priest? In the good by and by? No, right now, right here at the 1130 service, if you are blood washed and born again, he said, You are my kings and you are my priests. And notice Satan's strategy is after kings and he's after the priests. But notice the Bible said. Notice, notice the symbolism in the text. The Bible said he took seventy kings captured, but then Jesus said over in Luke Luke, Luke uh, ten that Jesus he released seventy kings called disciples. Where you had an evil, wicked king was taking the kings and binding them. Jesus comes on the scene and says, you know what? You tried to bind my kings, but I'm stepping on the on the scene and loosen 70 kings called disciples to go out and advance the kingdom of God. In other words, I came to loose and set free Satan, what you have tried to hold hostage and keep captive. I came to liberate. I came to deliver. And I want to declare this morning that we're going to expose the enemy strategy that is trying to keep us kings bound and living beneath what God has called us to do. Look at the strategy. Notice the first thing the Bible said that King Adonai Bezek that he would capture those kings and take their kingdoms, which means that he would dethrone them. And what he wants to do is keep you ignorant. When he dethroned them, take away their position. In other words, the enemy— one of the enemy's strategy is to keep you ignorant about your position in God. Because your position is important. When you understand your position, your position is connected to your identity. And your identity is connected to your authority. What do you mean? Well, right now, let me tell you where your position is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 23 said, Christ, when he was raised from the dead and seated him at at the right hand in the heavenly places, listen, far above all principality and rule and power and authority and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Watch this. And he hath put all things under His feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all. Well, you said our position that talked about Jesus position. Well, don't stop reading because Ephesians chapter two says this. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, I've been raised up with him and I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places spiritually right now. Not when the sunk trumpet sounds, not when the sky splits. But see, right now, you and I are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and notice what it said. Everything has been put under his feet. And if it's under the feet of Jesus, it's under the feet of his body, which you are the body of Christ. So everything that is under Jesus is under you. Far above. Notice what it said. Far above. There even There's no comparison. Do you realize how far above you are over the devil? Do you realize how far above you're over darkness? Do you realize how far above you're over everything that would try to pull you down you are seated in heavenly places in christ jesus you are enthroned with him the scripture says because when i understand my position it helps me to understand my identity Romans 5, 17 says this. Those in the Amplified, those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself. Listen to this. Reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Notice what it said. Reign as kings in life. We are called as the church of the living God to reign as kings in life. That's who you are. I said, that's who you are. You're kings of the most high God. You're kings and priests of the most high God. You're kings. You're not pompers. You're kings. You're not beggars. You're the head. You're not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You are, oh, come on. You are triumphant, not a tragedy. You are confident, not chaotic. You are comforted, not in chaos. You are kings. And I come to declare who you are. Lord, this morning, too many of us have been living like beggars and pompers and the enemy have tried to keep you in ignorance to live some low life as a believer. But the devil is a liar. You are kings. You are priests of the most high God, seated in heavenly places, far above all principality. My identity is important that I know who I am. The Bible said that Satan came to tempt Jesus concerning his identity. I've always li- I saw something in this. Luke chapter 4 it said that he said if you are the son of God listen to this turn these stones into bread. Number 1 hell will always question what heaven calls you. Notice if you are the son of God. But notice what he said, and listen to what he said, turn these stones to bread. Watch this. What Satan was trying to do is to get Jesus to do in external actions what Jesus was already within, in an internal revelation. Because notice, he was trying to get him to do in external actions what he was already by internal revelation. What do you mean? Notice he said, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, I don't need to, t- st- st- I don't need to turn stones into bread. Watch this. I am the stone. And I am the bread the Bible said he was the chief cornerstone that the builders reject John told us he's the bread of life he said don't try to get me to do something that I already am what I'm trying to get you is Satan will always try to get you to think that your identity is always in is tied up in the things that you do but your identity is not tied up in your actions your identity is tied up in a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ because if your identity was about what you did then all of us will still be chained to our past because if you did, was an alcoholic then then you'd still be an alcoholic if you was a drug addict then you would still be a drug addict now but the Bible declares that if any man be in Christ he's a new creation All things have passed away all things have become new I may have did it but I'm not it it's my past it's under the blood I am a king of the Most High God. Come on. Is there any kings in here that understand? I don't care what your background is. You're a king. I don't care where you come from. You're a king. You say, Javon, you don't know. I grew up a hard life. Well, who didn't? You're still a king. You don't understand that I came from a single parent home. Praise God. You're still a king. You don't understand that I'm the outcome of a prostitute and a drug an adult pusher. That's okay. You are still a king because your identity is not about what you do. It's not what you came through, but it's who you came from and you came from God. God almighty predestined you, purposed you, called you and ordained you for such a time as this. You are a chosen generation. Give the Lord a shanklap of praise that I'm a king. Praise God. I'm no victim. I'm no pity party your identity is connected to your authority notice what he said Luke ten nineteen. he said I want you to hear these words I will give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy did you catch that I give you you know who he's talking to the disciples I give you delegated authority you let me give you another verse Matthew 6.19 Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm emphasizing you because you need to understand that the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. In other words, it didn't say you pastors. It didn't say you prophets. It didn't say you evangelists. It didn't say you teachers. It's Said, you disciples in Christ Jesus have been given authority over the enemy and that's real important because some of you have been letting the enemy run you left and right and it's time for you to draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough you never read in the scripture where Jesus is going to the father saying Lord the devil doing this Lord the devil doing that the devil's running in my business the devil's running my kids the devil's doing this to death. Show me in the gospel. Anywhere where Jesus is praying to the father about the devil. His prayers was about you. His prayers was about me. His prayers was about himself. His prayers was about advancing the kingdom. But when it came to the devil, Jesus talked to the devil himself. I need some kings that'll get a revelation this morning. It's time for you to quit going to God complaining about the devil and start taking authority and talking to the devil yourself. I rebuke you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I cancel your assignment. I push back your strategies. I, Pastor Ben told us, I speak confusion in your care. I need some kings to stand up and start taking authority over your house. Take authority over your business. Take authority over your home. Quit trying to fight this thing in the flesh. Quit trying to wrestle in the flesh. You got weapons of warfare that are not card- You got the blood of Jesus. You got the name of Jesus. You got the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I dare you to start declaring, devil, you got to go. You got to get out. I cancel everything that you're trying. Does anybody believe what I'm saying? Do I have any kings? Take authority in Jesus' name. You good, you get up, business. If there's been craziness in that office, there's been chaos in that workplace, I dare you to get up in there early before anybody else gets in there. Get up in there early and walk through there and say, In the name of Jesus, I command every form of confusion, I command everything that is not of God, I bind confusion, I bind every hindering spirit, I come against everything that will try to hinder progress in our bit. Be- I dare you to get in there early and go to war on the floor quit fighting with your nasty tongue quit fighting with people and and managers and stuff get on your knees and declare and decree that my God is greater and I'm taking authority I'm taking my business back I'm taking my family back I'm taking my children back I'm taking my health back in Jesus take authority God said, if you bind it on earth, and I'll back it in heaven. You loose it on earth, and I'll loose it. Notice the order. You don't loose it, he can't loose it. You don't bind it, he can't bind it. What are you waiting on? God said, I'm not going to do for you what I give you power to do. You can sit up here and cry all the time. Oh God, oh God. Now listen, pity don't move God. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. And do what God has told you, and take authority. I told the last service, there was a time when my wife went on vacation. And we let someone stay in our house and keep our dog and everything. And we came back and didn't know what happened. I went to try to pray like I normally play. We had a little one bedroom apartment. I told the last service we had to turn sideways to get by each other. It was so small. It's about as big as this podium here, <laughs> kitchen and everything. The bathtub was so small, you can only wash one side of your body at a time. And then you stepped out and put the other. But anyway, despise not the day of small beginnings. But the Bible, not the Bible, my story said. I would would go pray. And then all of a sudden, when I start praying, it felt like something was choking me. I'd be going, Jesus, thank you. I love you, Lord. And when I stopped, it would stop. And I'd do it again. Lord, I thank you. And then I tried to go read, and it just seemed like nothing. It was like confusion or something. So I left. I said, well, maybe, maybe I'm just tired from the vacation. Maybe I'm just a little bit exhausted. Lord, you know my heart. Later on, Shanna calls me. She said, babe, something is crazy going on she goes you know I pray in the bathroom but every time I pray Smokey is losing his mind that was our little dog is losing his mind he charges the door he growls and scratches like he wants to attack me but the moment I stop he stops she said I did it again and he lost it again and I said I don't know what's going on so I call my mama I'm just saying anybody got one of them mamas I don't know about you. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I'm calling my mama. Mama. Hey, we got back and I told her and I said, I don't know what's going on, but you need to come down here and do something. And I explained to her what was going on. She said, no, I'm not coming down there. She said, Javon, that's your house. That's Shanna's house. Y'all got authority in that house. She said, you take authority over that house. And she said, this is what I want you to do. She said, you remember that big bottle of oil that I got you? I said, yes, ma'am. I got it. I got it. The big bottle, big thick bottle, you know. And she said, get that oil I gave you. And she said, I want you to lift up every window. I want you to open. It wasn't about three windows total. But anyway, she said, she said lift up every one like it was like glasses like this. I mean, we ain't got but two windows. But anyway, she said, lift up the win- every window in that apartment. Open up the door. And she said, get that oil. Now, she, you got to understand, my mom's from the South. And she said, I want you to get to slanging it. See, that's what she said. What is that? In other words, let me say take some and place it on different places in your house. Let me translate that. But back to my message. She said, you get to sling in that oil. She said, sling it in the kitchen. And she said, sling it on the doorpost. She said, sling it around the windows. Sling it in the shower. Sling it in the bathroom. Sling it in your bedroom. And she said, find that little black dog of yours and sling it on him. And when you sling it, you after you get through slinging all, you stand up and declare in the name of Jesus. I command every unclean thing. I command every evil spirit. I command every form of darkness. Uh, You got to get up out of here. This house is a holy house. This house is a consecrated house. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Get up out of my house and she said when you tell it to get out start praising and start worshiping because the enemy will try to come back and bring seven more but if he ever came back to the rough residence all he was going to meet was the blood of Jesus was the authority of God I need to tell somebody you need to take authority over your house over your territory you are kings and you've got power Sit down. The Bible said, "The next thing he cut his thumb off." Ooh, my thumb! What does that mean? He disarmed the kings, cutting their thumbs, th- th- thumbs off. He watch this when their thumbs were cut off, they couldn't hold their swords in battle. They couldn't hold their swords in battle. In other words, he wanted to keep them ignorant of the the promise of persevering. What do you mean? Where's that sword? See, the Bible said that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And I'm a... And I'm, always, and, I'm, and I'm learning and still learning that when God gives you, gives you a promise, it's often accompanied with a battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the, the, the promise given and the promise possessed is often a battle to fight. But what the enemy wants to tell you to do, notice he co- to tell you don't hold on to the sword. There's no use to you holding on. Look how long it's been. Look how long you've been waiting. Look how long you've been believing. Look how long you've been standing. Look how long you've been praying and been fasting and sowing and giving. What's the use? Let let, let go of the promise. Lay down the sword. It'll never happen. It'll never come to pass. He wants you to be ignorant of the power of perseverance and the promise of persevering. Because the Bible said this, watch this. It says in Hebrews 10, 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith, of our hope, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He said, hold fast. Because if I promised it, I'm faithful to fulfill it. The Bible said there was a man by the name of Eleazar, one of David's mighty men. And the scripture said that he was in a battle. He said, many of the soldiers, the scripture said, quit and gave up and retreated, they gave up on their promise, they gave up on their prophecy, they gave up on the word that God gave them and told them what he was going to do. But the Bible said Eleazar all by himself said, you may have let go of your promise and you may have thrown in the towel but I'm holding on. And the Bible said "Is when he made a decision to hold on that he was fighting thousands of men, taking them down. What I like, the scripture said he became weary. But he kept on holding. Cause sometimes you get a little tired. I, I'll be the first to admit. Sometimes it, be, it begins to weigh on you. God win, God win, God win. It's been a while. It's God. But Eleazar, I could see him getting hit with this and hit with that. But he still kept fighting. He got hit with this out of the blue, and he got hit with this. I thought you said you're gonna bless me, but why I get a letter from the IRS and say I owed him this amount of money? Ah, uh, God, you said that you was gonna, you was gonna, you 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 was gonna, you was gonna heal my body, but the doctor said that that that, that the conditions are getting worse hit with it but he said I'm getting hit left and right but I'm still holding even if he went down he kept holding to the point where it said that his hand clave one translation said it was welded to the sword they said one historian said that after he got through fighting his hand was so stuck they had to pry it off of the sword in other words the enemy wants to tell you see it's a faith battle because what happens is when God gives you a promise you will often see the very opposite first of what he promised you. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith sometimes look foolish. Faith is often the method by which we learn unlearn our fears. Sometimes you gotta learn how to keep speaking words of faith. Keep thinking thoughts of faith. Keep st- taking steps of faith. But he said if you'll hold on because here's what happened. It went from him holding on to the promise promise Promise? to the promise holding on to him. And I tell you what the pro, the promises of God are yes and amen. And I feel stirred in my heart to tell somebody because someone came in this 1130 service and the enemy has tried to get you to give up. He's tried to get you to give up on your marriage. He's tried to get you to give up on your children and give up on that business and give up on that calling and give up on that dream. But I want to tell you every promise goes through a death a burial and a resurrection because the promise of Jesus Christ being the redeemer of mankind it looked like it was over it looked like it was done but on the third day he rose again and I'm here to declare your God is not a man that he should lie he's not the son of man that he should repent if he started it he will finish it if he promised it he will make it good your children will be saved your marriage will be restored your business shall prosper you will get a job. You will be healed in Jesus name. I need somebody that will stand up and say, "I'm a king, and I'm going to hold on to the promise of God. He sets it out. The next thing that he did, that he cut his, watch this, he cut his. So they cut off their thumb, then they cut off his big toe. Now imagine not having any big toes. It would be hard to stand and to stabilize. They cut the big toes off because they couldn't stand in battle or they couldn't run in battle. Notice they were unstable couldn't stand all over the place loose double-minded man is unstable in all his ways what it means that when he cuts his his big toes off he was after his standards yeah he wants to make you ignorant of the power of living a pure life he don't. He wants you to think that it's not important to live pure, and, and and let me use this word that's foreign to the modern day church, holy. You know, he said, no, no, no. He's after you. He said, you know. He said, if I can't, if I can't, if I can't keep him from getting saved, I want him to get saved and still live carnal. And still live carnal and still live like the world and act like the world. And I want to I wanna get them to compromise their standards. The Bible said, listen, when they were called to take territory, because you are. You've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. But notice what it said of Joshua. Notice this. I'm going to read it to you. It said this. Where's my scripture? It says, therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before the enemy, but turn their backs before their enemies because they had become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the cursed thing from among you. You know why? They had compromised the commandment of God and had the cursed thing in the camp. There was sin in the camp. There was compromise in the camp. They lost the standard of God's commandment. And God said they weren't able to stand against their enemy. And I want to tell you that as believers, real believers, save for real, real, have standards. And the standards are not set by society. The standards are not set by social media. The standard is not set by secular systems. The standards are set by the word of God. King's standards is the Holy Bible. Oh, I want to preach it loud and clear. We're living in a time where where many have succumbed to the standard of popular opinion. Go with the flow. Well, if everybody else is doing it, and if everybody else is caught up in it, if I guess it's okay. Well, they're doing it. I guess it's okay. And if it's not the standard of popular opinion, it's the standard of, of feeling and emotion. Well, it feels good. I guess I should just do it. It feels good to, 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 to shack up before I'm married. I guess I'll do it. It feels good to sleep around before I get married. It feels good to just cheat and steal and lie and connive my way. Just, just, just lower the standards. And the enemy wants us to compromise. It is once said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Where's your standards at today? There's the standards of the word of God, but I have some personal standards. I have some personal convictions and I would dare not stand up here and make my personal convictions doctrines for you. But there's some things I'm not going to entertain. There's some places I'm not going to go. There's things I'm not going to do and I'm not going to be a part of. And you can call me weird. You can call me legalistic. You can say whatever you want to say. I don't care. I got some standards because I got some little eyes that's looking up to their daddy. I got a nine and 11 year old that's coming up in a society that the enemy wants to consume them and conform them. But in Jesus name, I believe in not just telling them the standards. I got to live the standards so they can see the standards and receive the standards. Our pastor stirred our heart last week. He said, if you don't wear the robes, you can't pass the robes. And God spoke to me one time. I was praying, Lord, I want to leave a legacy for my children. Leave a legacy for my children. Legacy, legacy, legacy. And then the Holy Spirit said, the legacy you want to leave is the legacy you must live. Live now what you want to leave later. Standards. Everybody's a Christian today term is used so loosely i'm a christian i'm saved hallelujah i can get up and say G- i give glory to god who's the head of my life and blah 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 blah. thank god for this 20 minutes later hour later M gd f that f this oh you didn't think out no no i'm talking about what really goes on people professing to be christians Let, uh, no I don't know. well i'm just preaching the word of god we don't want to hear that do we but it's the truth And we don't understand that when we compromise and lower our standards and live loose under the guise of grace. That you're being robbed. You're being pulled down. You're being lowered and debased by the enemy to live beneath God's perfect plan and purpose for your life. You're better than that. You're greater than that. You're stronger than that. That's the low life. Anybody can sleep around. Anybody can commit adultery. Anybody can do it. matter of fact, everybody's doing it. What really matters is when you can stand and go against the grain and be like Daniel that says, I distinguish myself, that I would not be defiled with the culture around me. And his, watch this, his distinction caused him to be favored even in a secular society and raised him up to a place of prominence. The world tells you gotta, the world tells us we gotta compromise to succeed but daniel said that's a lie daniel said i'll set the standard right in the midst of living under a pagan king and surrounded by babylonian captivity i kept my standards i had to fight for it i risked my life for it they threw me in a in a den of lions they threw me in a fiery furnace but i held my standards and because I held my standards in a secular society, that king said that guy's God must be real. Because if he would stand up for something and risk his life for it, evidently what he's carrying is real. And that's what the world wants. They want a real God. They want a real faith. That will the real Christians please stand up. Can we set the right example? Come on. This is not old-fashioned preaching. This is Bible preaching. You know what? Watch this. The Bible said this. Under the old covenant. Watch this. Kings and priests. I'm about to close. It said this. That they would take blood. Watch this. And put it on 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 the earlobes of the priest. Kings and priests, remember. And then they would put blood on the thumbs of the priest. There it is. And then they would put put the big look at that blood on the right toes. Notice that the very thing that the enemy is after the Bible said, God put the blood on it. You know what that means? I need to have holy hearing. In other words, I don't just listen to anything. I don't just entertain anything. I don't let anything in my gates. Oh, Any music or what? I don't care who the rapper is and who they say they are. If it's got all that nasty, vulgar, degrading women talking crazy, I got holy hearing that don't belong in my ears. I don't care how fat the beat is. He said, because I'm not entertaining anything. And he said, I'm not to put my hand on stuff that I shouldn't have my hand on. I got holy hands and my thumbs, my my big toes have been covered in blood. So I just don't walk anywhere and I I just don't go anywhere and I, I just don't get in any kind of circles and get any kind. I don't care how popular the circle is. I don't care what kind of big deal it can bring you. I don't care what kind of favor it can bring you, what platform. I am not going to compromise for for nobody and nothing that contradicts this word for a little bit of favor listen if man lift you up man can bring you down but the last time I checked, if you hold your standards and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God he'll lift you up he'll raise you up he'll bless you he'll provide for you you know why because you are a king and you've been called to rule and reign So today, we come to expose the strategy of hell. Don't let the enemy dethrone you through ignorance. Don't let the enemy disarm you through ignorance. Don't let him disable you through ignorance of the power of purity. Holiness still means something to God. There's no real power without purity. And he'll honor you. He'll bless you. And for a season, it may seem like. Ah, yes, Lord. It may be seem like that everybody else is doing this and everybody else is doing that. But you just stay there. You keep holding on to your promise. You keep declaring and walking in authority. You keep living right and staying consistent to the standards of the word. Because I'm telling you, God will see you. God will find you. God will cause his kings to rise Not the cream, but the kings to rise to the top. That's what he did to David. (laughs) Overlooked by everybody else. But he said, I'm going to cause my king to rise up. Because he has my heart. You're not dethroned. You're enthroned as a king. You're not disarmed. You're armed and dangerous as a king. You're not disabled, but you have the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to stand holy and stand when everything around you is shaken. Because we have not received a kingdom that shall be shaken. Our kingdom as kings will not be shaken. Give the Lord a shout of praise if you receive that word. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.